Far out. Okay, here we are, fellas, on Metaminds Podcast Episode 6. Yes. Here we sit uh, with my friend of quite a few years now, Alex Tarry. How are you going today, man? Good, and yourself? Yeah, pretty good, man. <laughs> <laughs> Never been on a podcast before, have you? Nah. Yeah. Just sitting here with everyone looking at me. Yeah. All yeah. fresh. Good stuff. Well, that, that's <laughs> how we like it. We, we, well. we want people to be intimidated by oh, first us. You know what I mean? So, yeah. success. Yeah. Yeah, um, so, the reason we've invited Alex on is because he is... Are you 23 or 24? 24. 24. And uh, in the last two years, he built his house out of, uh, well, nothing. He just built it, you know, like he didn't have any experience <laughs> in building prior to that. He just decided to build a house. Um, and he's, he's a very wise young man for his age. He's had quite a diverse um, life so far. Um, just last year, I spent a few months with him in Canada. Uh, living in a garage with him, hashtag garage life. Garage life. <laughs> so, we went to quite a few music festivals, including Shambhala, which is quite a huge uh, music festival and was uh, an amazing experience for myself and I hope both Alex as well. Uh, but he was mostly just guiding me around. Leading the dog. Yeah, so I suppose we'll uh, kick it off with a, with a hard question for you. Mm. Um, so, you've lived a pretty diverse life so far. Um, and you're very, yeah, very wise for your for your age. You, I would say you've, you've lived uh, like a yeah more, more diverse life than a lot of people our age. Um, what kind of challenges have you faced in the last kind of couple of years, and um, how have you overcome them, Alex? Well, firstly, thank you for the kind introduction. Thank you. <laughs> um, ooh, where to start with that one? Yeah, <laughs> lots of things. Take it day by day. Like a huge one is just enjoying. You know, you got to set goals. We're made to set goals. That's why like gaming and stuff is so addictive because it's all just like, yes, I got my little goal. Mm. But as far as, as good as it is setting goals, it's like just try and learn, try and enjoy the process rather than focusing too much on the end. Because even when I was building the house, I would I was focusing so much on my holiday, the holiday that I went over to Whistle with Eamon for a, mm. a while, is like I was focusing so much on that that you just get overrun or you try to just like numb or like you just try not to think about what you're doing on the day. And that's where, especially with me building the house, it was like it got to this point where you just get like overwhelmed and overwhelmed and you virtually have like a little breakdown to yourself. Mm. And that's where for me with building a house is like I got the white, I got a whiteboard and it was just every day and I might do a day ahead, but it would like you write out just what you need to do that day. And that's all you need to do. You just shut off your phone and stuff and you just, and as long as you can just scratch out those dot points, you're getting like fulfilled every time you get the dot point because you're like, yes, that's mm. done and that's done. And you take it day by day and that's all you can do. But if you're trying to just like overload yourself with like, where am I going in four months? What am I doing here? How, you know, I've got to go out this weekend. It's like focus on you and just do one step at a time. Yeah. Pretty sure you're one of the men that told me. Was, little goals. Yeah. yeah. It's little. like they enjoy the, it's the process that's like the fun of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, no, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. So yeah. hard to forget that though, I suppose. Mm. It's true. Mm. Like my friend who, he's an en like civil engineer doing like a mo the Sunshine Coast motorway upgrade up north and he's about to get offered like just make sure don't tap the table there because yeah. he will uh, it's uh, <laughs> very sensitive mic, sorry continue. He, he's about to get offered way more money and so forth but he has this he wants to go traveling and so he is cutting it off but then he said he found the same where he was focusing so much on like what he was going to do with his holiday that he was like really feeling down about every day at work because it's like oh, i'm not on holiday I'm not mm -hmm. on holiday and i said no you got to wake up and do the things that make you feel good every day and if you want to, like, a huge one that, like, Mastery by Robert Greene's book. And mm. they were saying, like, if you look at someone, if this is where you want to be in five years, which I think at our age you should set a little bit shorter goals in five years. Especially just, given the climate of our society. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even if it's, like, you set that goal for five years, instead of thinking, like, just looking at that goal, you're like, what was that? What 
the mastery one was like, what habits is that person learning now to mm. slowly get in better? Is that like, for me, meditating, even if it's only 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day, just like makes you feel what you're feeling a lot more, makes you more like conscious of what you're feeling mm. and not just like going through and just like focusing 10 minutes ahead and never being like present with yourself. Mm. It's just like learning all these little habits, you know, how hard is it to try and get up before you need to? And like go do half an hour of stretching or go for a I'm walk. I'm struggling with that one right now. Mm. Oh man, like <laughs> you look at all the like, like I love hip hop, but Nas and all these people like even in their verses, they say after my morning walk and it's like going out and just having not a single distraction around you and just walking in the silence or meditating or yoga or go for a run or whatever. It's just like you start the day and it's 45 minutes earlier, but you just feel fantastic. And you're like, mm, okay. getting in touch with yourself rather than like getting to work or getting wherever you need to be for you. And you're still kind of like, you're still in this like hazy yeah, you're not up super yet. easy to do, and mm. then relying on caffeine and different nootropics and stuff to get you into that point where you kind of need to be. But really, if you can do it naturally through breath and actually mm. connecting with your body, then you need breath, to do that. man. Mm. Yeah, mm. breath is where it's at. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's, I'm yeah. always learning more stuff. You know, you, you're like four years old, and your parents are like, take a deep breath. You're like, shut up. Yeah, mom, and you don't do anything, mom. <laughs> and then you're like super stressed out, and you just go like, you take like two or three like long, deep, five, ten second breaths, and you're like. I can do this. <laughs> You're like, whoa, mum was right. <laughs> I'm hearing a lot more about nose breathing recently, actually. Oh, yeah. And there's a whole guy that, that just like his whole thing is, is nose breathing. And like, he's really pushing that because he's saying like, your mouth is used for eating yeah. and like talking. Like your, your nose is used for mm. like breathing. Yeah. I had the same conversation with the yoga oh, no way. the other day. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Because it's like really good yeah. for your immune system. Like obviously, you're breathing yeah. in through your mouth and you're taking in all these different particles <clears> and, and you know microbiome and stuff. Yep. But your nose is literally designed to kind of. It stop is, that. and that's why so. we have the hairs to block off any mm. sort of germs or anything getting through. Yeah. Yeah. And even like I can't remember the names in yoga. It's like the Uajjayi or whatever. But like, you can breathe through the front of your nose. But for me, it's like the like breathing down the back of your throat is mm. like that's the big one where you can take like so much more of a deep breath and then like go out and pushing your tummy out instead of your chest yes yeah that's, that's another like thing. big one because yep. it like it circulates more blood to your body as well mm. so it's like instead of because everyone yep. can breathe here yes and it's like especially when you're stressed you yeah and even like, people that hyperventilate as well they yeah. do that shallow breathing yeah yeah, yeah. And it it's like getting you. it mm. And like holding that, it's the ice guy. What's his name? Wim Hof. Oh, yeah, I was yeah, about yeah, to touch yeah, on yeah. that. I was <laughs> telling thing, everyone <laughs> at Shambhala on the dance floor to do the Wim Hof breathing we essentially. Did and did you front row? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> forcing people to do it on the dance floor. And people were like, oh, that's weird. What are you talking about? Yeah. But back at camp, and I'm like, this is what it's going to do. You guys, listen to me. It feels like you're floating. And then, like, you see them, like, three people ahead of you, and they just turn around and, like, and I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah I told you. I told yeah, you. Yeah. Especially just like in that experience, there's so much like happening, the music and, you know, people around you and Sensing everything. Overload. Mm. And just getting in touch with your breath in the middle of everything is like, yeah. really quite a phenomenal. Yeah, experience. being still when you've got so much going on around you. Just yes. And that you don't have to be a music festival for that, you know, even if you're building a house or at your job or whatever, yeah, yeah. like you can still have a lot going on around you, you know, mm. just actually taking a moment to stop and go, yeah. oh, that's right, mm. I'm alive, I'm a human being, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a huge one. It's like, obviously, if you get, you know, going for the extremes, but if you get a slave and then you get someone like living down the road here, the slave obviously had a much, much, much harder time, but it doesn't mean that the person down here can't have a hard time. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, well, suffering is relative, right? Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like you can be in a worse state of mind there. Like what you guys are saying mm. with the fulfilling jobs and stuff, it's like you can get someone who has run their own business for 15 years is like making bank mm. and hating their life, and you can just have like a factory worker that's really content. Like, that's it. Yeah. And, he, and like the purpose and like what you guys are saying, the meaning and purpose, it's like the job is one part, but... If you're working a very menial job, but you're like a single male, especially if you're like getting into the more middle ages, 
you feel like you have, you know, your your natural caveman stuff is to provide. It's like mm. if you have a family that's like waiting for you or whatever is your main thing of purpose at that age, I suppose you're leaning more towards family, then the job doesn't always have to be that primary thing. Like if mm. you if you time your life well and you enjoy every weekend with your kids and if you have like a day where you go home early and pick the kids up, like that can be enough for you to be content and happy with where you are. Definitely. Yeah. I think at our age, you're always trying to, you see everything and do everything and go and go mm-hmm. and then like you know different point for everyone but you start mm-hmm. you start to get more like life just happens and i'm just gonna like in like let it happen rather yeah, than be like you have to go here and here yeah. and here yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah more caveman talk i love yeah, it i love it i kind of want to go back to a little point you made about um setting goals for the five years because I, I actually really clicked with that um, I used to do a thing where I'd set goals way too far in advance and I felt like it was almost overwhelming because you'd be thinking like years in advance and it's just almost, it's something you can't actually hold on to or even see it's not a tangible thing. Yeah. Um, so I started to do a thing where I would like every six months I would have like a notebook and I'd just start writing down kind of what I wanted to do for the next couple of months or whatever and I'd make it a little bit more manageable which made it easier for me to, I guess, get on top of kind of thing. So you were saying you documented quite a lot at home. Do you have like a weekly documentation? Is it daily? How how, how do you go? Yeah, about that? like what my dad says actually. But it's it's like you don't. It's not like the five year goal doesn't exist. But it's I'd prefer to call it the five year vague idea. Like <laughs> <it's> love it. <laughs> yeah, love it yeah. It's like you have a vague idea, and so that vague idea can change all the time. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And that's but why it's, it's so like, scary. It's, but it just gives you a direction. So then you're like, you know, your six months goal. For me, it's like I knew, so I had, I started with the, like, I'm very lucky to get an opportunity through a friend's father to learn carpentry for a year and then build my own house. So that first year, it was like, I worked very hard Monday to Friday and I just ground, grinded and grinded and I'd take my notebook to work because I wasn't an apprentice. So, like, they don't want to teach me. They didn't ask mm. for me to be working for them. So I had to sit there at Smoko and just, like, pester them and pester them to give me information and try and write down everything I'm learning. Mm. And so, like, through that six months, I was like, okay, you just got to make the best of, like, Monday to Friday because there's not much you can do on the weekends. Like, enjoy them. And then once you started getting all the paperwork together, a huge one is, like, whatever your, uh, what's the word? desire is whether it be like drinking or whatever or whatever mm. it's like trying to be aware of when you're doing it maybe for just like a temporary pleasure or whether you're doing it because you like can't be bothered to think or feel of what you should mm. be thinking or feeling right now definitely yeah. escapism yeah escapism yeah, yeah. that's yeah. so real yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's like all of men like there are some <clears throat> seriously messed up ways that people in third world countries get high on something oh, people, like with like human feces and all the no but like crazy oh, yeah, yeah, yeah crazy yeah. things <laughs> yeah yeah like gnarly stuff where yeah i'm not going to go in it's a big rice yeah. but yeah, yeah. but all just to get high and yeah. it's like a huge part of psychology well a huge thing i've read in psychology is like mm. what is this fascination of us like it's not necessarily escaping it can be escaping from you you know what you're not enjoying but mm. just this fascination with trying to like explore your mind and like push out yeah. some yeah. sort of high yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's been documented that we've been doing it for hundreds of so thousands of years. Right. Yeah, yeah, Stone yeah. Day so, theory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chance McKenna. Have you heard about that? I have, yeah. 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 Interesting stuff. So, yeah. I guess, you know, a few weeks ago, we went to a music event and uh, we were kind of sitting in the grass there for about an hour and a half just talking about what do I do with my life, Alex? It was basically <laughs> it was me you, asking yeah, yeah. him yeah. What, what to do yeah. with my life. Yeah. <laughs> but we were kind of talking and in more, more general terms about, like, you know, what should the average kind of millennial like do with their lives and I suppose you know for the for the average person that doesn't really have have an answer like how did you find out what you wanted to do and what what is it that you're that you're doing that you that you I think the biggest part for me was like accepting that I haven't got a clue Mm -hmm. like it's a huge one 
like you can go into societal pressures or parental pressures or school yep. pressures or whatever, but it's like we just have through like countless uh, sources or like things coming in, you always have this feeling like you need to have, you have your mind together. And even you don't have to go very back far in history before the life expectancy dropped. Like it doesn't have to be 40, but like 60 and 50. And so, mm -hmm. you know, 20 to 40 is like the full set middle of your life. But now, and a huge one I always thought is like, don't look at how long you've got, how long you've... My friend the other day, 24, he was like, quarter century, man. Like, we're getting old. Ooh. I was like, we're not old. Like, <laughs> and he's yeah. he's getting worried about, like, having his, like, business together. And I'm like, you've got 40 years of work left yeah. in you when you hit 25 in May. I was like, 40 years. It's like, and you're stressed about this. Don't get me wrong. There is the security of having a apprenticeship or a degree or whatever is... That I was talking with my friend Aaron that you're going to meet on Sunday. We were talking about it's the tangibility of your improvements, which mm. is like what some people, what it's very hard to, you know, if you go travel and you go through Central America and Panama and you go over to Switzerland and all this stuff, you're going to gain a whole lot of experience in a lot of ways that, you know, your friends at home or not all of them, but some of them might not have. Mm. But it's not necessarily tangible. Like you might have gained great interpersonal skills. You might have met people that could provide you opportunities in life. You could have worked in an array of jobs which have given you like managerial and different insights into different things. Mm. But there's no piece of paper that you can give an employer saying, yeah, I got cool interpersonal mm. skills. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, look, I, think it's, I think it's valuable on a but, resume yeah. though. It's very valuable. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. But everyone, who isn't going to put like, Integ I have large amounts of integrity yeah, and a great yeah. attitude towards work. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I'm honest and trustworthy. Yeah, I yeah. really so want this common. job at McDonald's. Yeah. Please yeah. give it yeah, to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. And so like the tangibility of that stuff is like a big one. Mm. But knowing how long you've got, and to me, for my personal take, it's like I'm going to have a much better idea of what I want to do. I say 30, but it's anywhere in that 28 to 32-ish region. And that's like my vague idea. Things mm. change. But it's like... If I, I knew that if I, I went to university for six months and I did Bachelor of Human Services and after six months, I was just like, get me out of here. So I like worked hard and got fives and sixes and deferred. Mm. I just haven't gone back because there's nothing that I'm, I've just worked carpentry for two years. Great insight into the trade industry. If I go back, electrician is like a, in Australia anyway, a very solid way to go, you know, $90 an hour. You can work mm. six, seven, eight months of the year, have four months off every year, enjoy it. But it's still... You basically all you need is a drill and like cable and you like a lot of the stuff is and some pliers like mm. still very repetitive work but that's a good one now i've done the trade industry for two years i have nowhere near the insight of what someone who's done it my chippy that's been my boss has been doing it for 25 years mm. but i've had this like i did hospitality for say five seven years like youth and then traveling now i've done trade I'm going to go now, I've got offered a job in France and I'm just going to go do work in a ski chalet and oh, hopefully cool. meet some rich people that might give me some money. And he might take me yeah. as well. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. This <laughs> <laughs> has to be really nice to him. <laughs> but it, you and I were saying this at River Stage. It's like, I, I've looked down the rabbit hole and I'm like, I could sell this house that I've just built, reinvest, build a much, much better designed house because I was just a bull out of the gates, naive, like very known for acting before As thinking. you are when you start mm. yeah. doing something you don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And so I could reinvest, build a better one, make some solid coin out of that, then maybe like expand on that. Or one of my friends offered me a job in real estate. And I know that 24, you got six years, you could do two years of grinding, two years of midway, two years, you're kind of successful. I look down it and I'm like, do I want to be 30 earning six figures? And I have, other than holidays, I've just been in Brisbane for the next six years. And what you were saying, it's like, 
I've sh- you with like your business and stuff is like you've seen down there and now it's the choice like do you want to pursue it or do you want to just put it off and go do some other stuff for now because what I said to you was that whole the more you the more you work and the more you gain and the more degrees and jobs and uh, promotions you get the harder it is to leave because you've got more to lose mm. my friend did like a dual degree of account dual degree of accounting and business <laughs> and then he got a job in a firm and then a different firm and now he's doing it they're sponsoring him to do his chartered accountancy and then he's been offered to like go up one more and now that he's like worked so hard to get this far it's not the wrong thing to do like it's very good to be stable and they might you know i might be 40 and in the gutter and he might be 40 on a yacht like mm. who knows mm. but um it's just like he has like this, oh, you know, I've put six years into this. Like, it's a lot to like, am I going to, They and a lot of fr- my friends have the idea that it's like, if they leave, it's just going to be gone. Like, you mm-hmm. know, they're never going to be able to come back to where they were. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't personally agree on that. But No. But I still, like, like, it's that stability, like you said. Yeah. It's the fact that yeah. they've worked for so long and they're worried, oh, well, if I go and travel for a bit or something, then mm. what does that mean? But I think it, part it of that is almost like yeah. you're sort of, you know, getting on that ego. It's kind of you going yeah. like, you're just scared of your comfort zone. It's yeah. like you self-justify to yourself like, oh, I might lose this and I might mm-hmm. lose this. It was like, as I said, you've got 40 years of traveling, so uh, of it. working. So if you go traveling now for six months, a year, and I, I've said to a lot of my friends as well, I'm like, don't, you don't always have to do what I did where I just booked in for two years. You do like six months. And at the end of the six months, you go like, do I want to go somewhere else? Do I want to do another six months? And mm. you just take it like six months at a time. Your 20s, what's our... Favorite four words. Oh, man, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm about to ask you about it. <laughs> Life begins at 30. I yes. learned this from Alex Tarry yeah, yeah. after a lot of dank uh, dank chats overseas. And, um, <laughs> I guess this is kind of where I wanted to go next with it is that like a lot of what you're kind of alluding to here is that, um, you know, like you you have this, what, what was the saying before you have this rough five-year the, goal? The five-year vague idea. Five-year vague idea. I love <laughs> yeah. it so much. Um <laughs> Basically, like, it's good to have a bit of an idea of where you're going, but you don't have to have this solid exact idea of who you are and who you're going to be because everything changes on a day-to-day basis. And I love that. And I think that's really amazing advice, especially for, you know, myself in that because, you know, everyone's got all these, as we said, conditioning to be like, Mm -hmm. well, who are you going to be and what are you going to do and who are you going to marry and what are you, you know? So it's awesome that you have this kind of five-year vague idea with this understanding that things can change and you can take left and right turns. Mm. And, yeah, I suppose, like, you know, coming through to it is uh, the, 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 the famous yeah. Alex Tarry <laughs> saying is life begins at 30. Yeah. And um, yeah, can you just like expand on that? What, is that? what does that mean? At a charity dinner that I went to with my parents when I was 21, I'd just come back from traveling. It was kind of in this limbo of like, what do I want to do next? Um, I was talking to like a very, very wealthy property developer and he was telling me his story of how he's like, he figured out he was good at sales. So he just... He said, as long as you just keep a product that you believe in, you just have to move the dollar value up and the, the wage will come with it. Mm. Um, but then I was stressing out, well, not stressed, but like tipsy and like trying to go on this little rant that I tend to do. And he, he sort of was like, honestly, mate, just experience what you can for your 20s and like life begins at 30. Like if you're getting into, and you, it's so individual, but if you, as a general thing, if you're getting into your mid 30s and you still like have no idea what you're doing, then you might, I don't know, it's so individual. But yeah. for me, like what I like to live by at the moment is that the 20 to 30 decade is just experience everything you can. So after I come back from traveling, which could be six months, a year, two years, then I'm going to probably try sales because I worked in sales when I was younger, just retail sales, but like I was quite good at it. And I would, I'm going to try, even though it's everything that I sort of detest as like a 
blanket statement is like that corporate sort of <laughs> it's like well depends what you're selling don't mm. try until you judge it uh don't judge it till you try it so yeah. it's like mm. i'm gonna go and you know some of the when i was building the house and i was stressing out working like 70 hours a week and like four weeks you wouldn't go back to like brisbane and see my friends so i'd just be me on an island in a mm. house and then i'm talking to one of my best mates who works for hutchinson builders like massive building company and he was like I get the whole building your house thing, but he's like, it is also quite nice that, you know, I've got all this flexi time. I get overtime for every hour I work. He's like, I can put in the extra hours here and know that I can put that extra, uh, you know, double time that I'm getting here. So I can put it into my flexi time and do this and organize all my trips. And he's got this whole structure. Mm. I'm a little bit more lateral and like, mm -hmm. so that's why it's just come so individual. It's like, how, you know, have you got a girlfriend? How is it? Cause as soon as you add a woman, like I've for I fell for, or have fallen in the period still of falling and falling out of. <laughs> Here comes the spice. <laughs> <laughs> of like the first time I've sort of delved into love and mm. like the whole thing for me was I was a very logic driven person and it's the first time that like the heart has really ever come into mm. my life. And you do like so, I have just the amount of like judgment that I used to have. Like internal judgment when you people would do all these like stupid things. Mm. And you'd be like, well, why would you do that, bro? It's not that hard. Yeah. And mm. then like I just watch what I, my actions. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> as soon as you're actually in that situation. Yeah. But yeah, you can see it from the outside and be like, yeah, that's stupid. Why would you have to do that? <laughs> yeah. It's a logical thing. And you probably are in that moment. Yeah. But as soon as you're deep in that thing, you don't realize until you take a step back and you're like, oh, I'm deep. Yeah, yeah. No, and you're like, oh. Like, yeah. I mean, you're like, well, I shouldn't do that. And then like <laughs> as you're saying it, your hand's like doing its own muscle memory. Yeah. Like, yeah. How did that happen? <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> so true and then yeah yeah life begins at 30 <laughs> experience everything you can and then you feel like when you get to 30 you've got a much more well-rounded idea of who you are who and the what, hell what knows what they're doing yeah. at 21 yeah, like yeah. you've just finished school you've still got like all these influences around me I have like a, an amazing group of friends in Brisbane that I went to school with but when I went to Whistler and lived there like my primarily my friendship group was like 28, 30, 32 and now they're sort of their mid-30s and like there's no better or worse between Brisbane or Whistler, but it's mm. like the difference of like life experience they got in those two years, just mingling with people from all around the world at all different ages and like how they've come to where they are mm. and so forth, rather than just staying in the same place with the same people, going on the same weekend. And it's, you know, what you and I were saying the other day, it's like Brisbane will always be my home. And I know if I really want to excel quickly, like I'll come here and I can excel because I've got the help of my parents, which are just like an astronomical help. Um, and you can always like, you know where everything is here. You can excel, you got contacts, but it's also like, I sort of come back and then even I'm moving back off the island now to Brisbane, you kind of just go like, and we're back to like home. And uh, I just, I don't know, I get kind of claustrophobic with it personally. Man, even in the like few months that I was over in Canada and hang out with that friends group as well, like the perspective I gained hanging out with a bunch of 30 plus year olds kind of thing. And again, like, yeah, we just, you know, like, again, we're probably... A little bit more ex experience than the average 24 25 year old and so we're very blessed in that way but yeah ha like listening to some of these even older people that probably have even more diverse life experience than the average 30 30 year old or whatever mm -hmm. they're just like oh shut up don't be silly you know yeah. like just you know so i think you're, you're right is like you know have a like diverse life experience and then that's what will actually allow you to figure out what you do really value and mm -hmm. you can kind of pick and choose what how to spend your time from there i suppose the yeah. power of silence yeah, Ooh, 100%, nice. man. Yeah, That's... I very much struggle with it, especially mm. with people I'm comfortable with. I think mm. everyone does. Really. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, because there's a lot of people that are just the quiet ones that yeah. sit in the corner of the room. But, and that's the whole thing is like Lockie McGill, one of our friends, like he, 
until recently. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, he was a very quiet dude. But then if you ever get into a conversation with him, hmm. the content he has, because he's sat in that room. And whilst I've been so involved in myself and I'm only listening to Jeff hmm. because I'm not listening to Jeff, I'm waiting to talk because one thing he said 20 seconds ago is now the only thing that's going around in my mm -hmm. head to be like, I'm going to say this when he stops talking. Yep, yep. And Lockie's just watching the whole thing. Mm -hmm. and, and you're like, the listeners. There was one thing that probably was the hardest thing for me to learn through the counselling, just silence in a room so one thing that i notice when i'm sitting with a client i'll constantly like you said have like a question that had come up or something that had triggered me yeah and that question may be related to something within me to do with my ego or something that's happened to me in the past so i need to actually like suppress those thoughts and just be present and having silence in between a conversation can actually allow that person to process because some people do sit and think some people need the time to process and if you're the kind of person that just goes, oh, so what about this? How do you feel about this? Just constantly like, yeah. bombarding someone. You don't get a chance to think or even like respond. It's the same in sales. It's so powerful, man. Yeah. But it's hard to do it. It is. And, the, yeah. and that's where you come back to the breath. Because mm. for me, if I start to wait to talk, I think I naturally hold my breath a bit. Mm. And so, and also when you talk, when someone finishes a statement, I, I think it's just in built in me personally that I almost subconsciously think it's awkward to have a silence. And so... I think we I'll, all do. I feel like millennials, well. our attention yeah. spans are so quick yeah. that it's yeah. like, I've got to fill this void. And, but yeah. yeah. And but it doesn't have someone, to be that at all. No, yeah. yeah. But no, I someone talks and then like you, they finish and instead of going, boom, you're like, wait. And then they have a second to think and then they mm. continue on their conversation and you're like, oh, mm -hmm. it's actually. It depends who you're with though as well. Mm. I find because sometimes you are with people that like they have to fill that void. Yes. But if I'm hanging with one of you guys, I find that we can just kind of like have a conversation then sit still, be still in the environment. If we're doing anything or if we're doing yeah. nothing, you know. Mm. So it's good to make sure you seek out those friends that you can actually have those experiences with. Because if you're mm. with someone that's just talking in your ear the whole time, it's like, hey, man. Yeah, yeah. Take a chill pill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you get like you and me in a room and it's like there's not a second of something. No, well, yeah. Like 40 minutes straight. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's yeah, mostly yeah. you. To yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other day when you're asking me like things and I'm just like, and I've somehow within 20 seconds turned this into like, here are my problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that's you're just sharing your experiences. Yeah, first, yeah. So. No, I had something for a second there, but I've forgotten now. If you no. remember, bring it back. But um, so you mentioned you're going to live in France, and obviously this is or France, however you want to say it. France, uh, France, <laughs> yeah, welcome <laughs> <going> to Australia. <laughs> yeah. um, and this is obviously you know all involved in the life begins at thirty thing. You kind of want to have a very diverse life experience. But if like, do you have any other kind of motivations behind you know moving overseas for a little bit to Europe or sort of? The, my main drive was what I was saying before. Where I was like, I looked down the rabbit hole. Like, there were so when I've built this house on Russell Island, I've haven't. There isn't a huge demographic of people on the island. It's quite a retiree-based island and quite a like family-based island. So there isn't a huge lot of the you know early twenties that mm. sort of demographic. So I was like alone a lot. And one of the things which I say, which is funny, of doing like the two 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 and a half years on the island and doing all the work and things, possibly. Not number one, but definitely top three things for me was like learning to be alone. Mm. As someone who was like, I had one older brother where we used to like play games in the same room. Then Whistler, I lived with seven. I was there were seven of us in a house, so six housemates. Then I went to Hamilton Island for seven months, and you're basically in dorms, like then bigger than dorms, but may as well be dorms. Mm. Um, and then went back to Whistler, and you know I've gone back over and over, and it's like you have so many people around you. And then I went to Russell Island, and I would get home at two thirty p.m. I had no internet. And when I was on Vodafone, on Russell Island, there's no Vodafone towers. So even sending one Facebook message, mm. I'd have to like wait and keep the phone unlocked for maybe 
30 seconds just to let it send. What a test. And yeah, yeah, going from like, and when I went to Russell, I came straight back from a three month holiday in Whistler, not living there because I saved up in Hamilton Island. And I just, I was just like, I got home at 2.15 and my, like I would try and be asleep by 9.15, so eight hours. Yeah. And it'd get to like three o'clock and I had the microwave clock. I swear I could watch the minutes. I was like, what do I do? Like the hyperbolic time chamber and. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a super interesting it point. Is. Like very valid. People, oh. people can't even sit still with themselves yeah. nowadays. And that's where the meditating thing. Like, and people, I feel like people think if they commit to this meditation, does that mean we need to do anything? Um, yeah. Yeah. We'll. we'll yeah. Wrap I it feel up, like right? with the meditation, people think they have to commit every day forever. And it's like I'll go two weeks on, and then I'll miss a month. And then I'll have two days, and then I'll miss a few days. And th- it's like if you can just do it when you can sit down when you get to that point in your afternoon evening and you're like not ready to cook dinner or something and you just hit that point rather than just like having a scroll or mm-hmm. like whatever just go sit on the floor for 10 minutes and figure out how hard it is to sit on the floor with your eyes closed and keep your back straight and put a timer on so you can't like open your eyes to yeah. look at the time mm-hmm. and just see how long that 10 minutes feels yeah mm-hmm. it is like gnarly and when you do the meditation apps and stuff and you you'll be sitting there and it's like, just breathe. And a huge one's like, listen, like hear the birds and try, I always try and do it in an open windowed room. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be like, what am I gonna have for dinner? Oh no, yeah. no, no, no. Like, no, no, no. And then you're like, okay. And it's so hard to just, just breathe. Just mm-hmm. breathe, man. But extremely <laughs> important. Yeah. yeah. And once you- Especially for millennials. Yes. Mm-hmm. And a very Attention fantastic span. way to wrap up the podcast. Thank mm-hmm. you very much for coming on as a no very, very first guest, Alex. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I think we touched on a few really important points there, yeah. actually. I had, so, that thing came back to me, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe another maybe podcast. Another day, yeah, yeah. yeah, another day, another dollar. <laughs> thank you very much for watching Metaminds podcast episode six. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.